0: Grace, mercy, and peace be yours from God our Father, through His Son, Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. The Word of God that calls for our attention this morning comes to us from the Gospel reading from Luke chapter 9, particularly verses 30 and 31. Behold, two men were talking with Him, Moses and Elijah, who appeared in glory and spoke of His departure, which He was about to accomplish at Jerusalem. So far our text. The Transfiguration story is a common one. We hear it every year, where Jesus takes his inner circle of disciples up on the mountain to pray. Why was Jesus praying? Well, first, to give an example for his disciples of truly praying, Thy will be done, as we do in the Lord's Prayer. But also, more importantly, he was there praying and preparing his disciples for his departure and for their eventual departure. And why were the disciples praying? Well, because they had no clue what was going on. Eight days earlier, Peter had confessed Jesus to be the Christ. Then Jesus immediately prophesied about his death and talking about taking up your cross and following him. The disciples were praying because they were still trying to decipher what Jesus was saying and doing. And while they're trying to figure all this out, Moses and Elijah appear in glory next to Jesus. Now these two had already made their departure. Moses had spent the last 40 years of his life leading the people of Israel out of Egypt, through the wilderness, into the edge of the Jordan River. Deuteronomy tells us that even at 120... His eye was undimmed, and his energy not abated. If only we could all make it to 120 and still feel like we were 20. But on one of his last days, God led him up to the top of Mount Pisgah, which is on the opposite side of the Jordan River from Jericho. And the Lord showed him all the land that the Israelites were going to inherit, from north to south, from east to west, all of it. As we will see next week, Satan imitates this vision in his second temptation of Jesus, showing him all the kingdoms of the world in a moment in time. But the vision that God gave to Moses told him that he could die knowing that his work was done. That Joshua would take over and bring the people across the Jordan and do everything that the Lord had commanded. So God buried Moses in the land, Of Moab opposite Beth Peor, but no one knows the place of his burial to this day. Then you have Elijah. Elijah was the prophet bold, standing up against King Ahab and Queen Jezebel and their idolatry that they were demanding of the Israelites. He was the one who stood upon the top of Mount Carmel, fighting those prophets of Baal in a battle of the sacrifices calling down fire from heaven to consume his sacrifice, showing that God, the Lord, is the true God. Then a little while later, Elijah is taken up by a whirlwind with chariots and horses of fire. One of the two men in the Bible to never die. He was taken into heaven alive. These two appear in glory on the Mount of Transfiguration to preview what the resurrection body would look like for the apostles, but also to remind them that everything they need to know about Jesus is written in their words. All they have to do and figure out has been there right in front of them all along. And as Jesus is praying, his appearance has changed, and his clothes become dazzling white. Up to this point, he has lived about 32, 33 years Living a perfect life from his conception by the Holy Spirit to the day of transfiguration and then on through to the day of his crucifixion. And they were talking, the three of them on the mountaintop, about his departure that he was about to accomplish at Jerusalem. Because his departure had to be from Jerusalem. Had to be from the place where God had caused his name to dwell where his house had been built for the worship of his name. And as Jesus will later tell his disciples, it cannot be that a prophet should perish away from Jerusalem. But where Moses and Elijah's departures were off in a barren place with barely any witnesses, Jesus' departure would be in front of friend and foe alike. It would be a very public thing, as we'll see throughout our midweek series, as we hear from the witnesses to his crucifixion, the elders and the chief priests that railed at him to prove that he was the Son of God, that he was the Messiah come to earth. And then John, the beloved disciple, standing next to Jesus' mother. When Jesus made his departure, it was very much an earth-shattering event. But also Peter, James, and John are there with Jesus and Moses and Elijah to understand their departure. They were all fishermen, all partners in a fishing business on the Sea of Galilee, And they were all called together to be Jesus' first disciples. Peter takes it upon himself to be the chief spokesman of the apostles. He ends up getting crucified upside down outside Rome. James was the first of the apostles to be martyred as Herod had him beheaded with a sword, because it was a more disgraceful death than the traditional acts. John took Mary into his home after the crucifixion, and later went on to Ephesus. In his old age, he was exiled to the island of Patmos, where he received the revelation. And he becomes the only disciple to die of natural causes. And even on the day of their deaths, They are all still waiting for that moment to come again. That moment where they will see the resurrection of the last day. The day that Jesus had promised and shown to them at the Transfiguration. But Jesus is also up there on the mountain for you, for you to understand your departure. Your life is filled with various callings and vocations, no two people are identical. your death will be in whatever form God has chosen, because he has numbered your days and encourages you to number them so that you may get a heart of wisdom. And in life and in death, we await the resurrection of the last day, remembering the Christian's greatest and most difficult prayer, thy will be done, because that is the hardest prayer to pray. So what is God's will? What does Jesus say at his transfiguration is God's will? Well, Jesus doesn't say anything. In fact, it's God the Father speaking from the cloud who says what his will is. This is my son, my chosen one. Listen to him. What fitting words for the disciples that are scrambling, trying to figure out what Jesus has been talking about the last couple of weeks, or the last couple of years even. Figuring out what Moses and Elijah are doing here. Trying to rationalize and categorize everything. Which is why Peter suggests building three tents, so they have a little bit longer so he can figure all of this out. They were overcome with awe and wonder of what they were seeing. Therefore the cloud overcame them. So it's not about what they saw, it's about what they heard. And our ears need to be open for God's Son, His Chosen One. We do not believe in Jesus because we have seen Him. Because unless somebody is not telling me something, none of us have. But as Paul writes to the Corinthians, we walk by faith, not by sight. And later he'll write, That faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the Word of God. That is where our faith comes from, listening to Him. Listening to Him as He speaks in the Gospels. Listening to His Word as He gives it to the law of Moses and the prophets, like Elijah. We willingly listen to the servants, like Moses and Elijah. How much more should we listen to the Son? because the disciples knew the words of Moses and Elijah. They knew the law and the prophets because that was the core of their studies in school, was studying the scriptures. And Jesus has to remind them, the law and the prophets testify about me. They speak about me. And so Jesus must also remind them, especially the disciples on the road to Emmaus, was it not necessary that the Christ suffer these things and enter into his glory? And then he opened their minds to understand the scriptures, to understand that Jesus came into the world to depart from the world. But his departure gives you the salvation you desire. His departure allows you to be like Moses and Elijah, like Peter, James, and John, awaiting the resurrection of the last day, but living with the glimpse of the hope of the world to come when God's will is finally and completely done. Amen.